0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrak.
1: He allows it in order to humble us and to break us. And trials oftentimes are the only thing that will do that. So now here's the question I want to ask. Is the handprint of God on that trial that's in your life in order that God might break and humble you
0: to make you more like him. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor JD is currently teaching through the book of Galatians. We don't like going through difficult times or experiencing pain. But today Pastor JD reminds us that God uses hard things in our lives to break us and make us more like Jesus. Brokenness brings about humility and a softening of our heart toward people. Can you say the ways God has broken you has helped you relate more to others who are hurting? Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Galatians chapter 6 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Picture the scene. Bear with me on this. Picture this scene, okay? Let's fast forward to today. This is a hypothetical, but let's just say for purpose of discussion (laughs) that you heard, did you hear about them? Oh, We need to pray. Oh, what happened? Oh, you didn't hear? They committed adultery. Ah! No, yes. Did you hear? We need to pray. No, yes. Really? that's how we treat people shame on us one of the things that uh, and I feel strongly about this and you'll forgive me for the strength of this I don't know why this is but it almost seems like adultery And divorce, which oftentimes ensues, has become the unforgivable sin in the church today. You know, the most gentle words ever uttered from the Savior's mouth were for the adulterers, the prostitutes, the addicts, if you will, the down and out, the hurting And oh, by the way, his harshest words were for the religious leaders, pointing their fingers of blame. The harshest words uttered from the Savior's mouth were for the religious leaders. Think about that. Does that not change the complexion? How far has the church come today? Why is this gentleness, this loving, kind gentleness so rare in the church today? Restoring hurting people is a rare and even lost jewel in the church today. I believe this is so for at least two reasons and I want to share those reasons with you. The first reason is because Christians are carnal. And as such, as carnal Christians, they're self-absorbed in their self-love. And self-love is the antithesis of the fruit Of the spirit of love. And remember from last week that from love comes gentleness. It's only when I'm walking in the Spirit and have the fruit of the Spirit that I'll be loving and gentle in how I treat other people. And by the way, husbands, that's how it is to be and how you treat your wife. You and I are to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. We're to love them in that gentleness. Whenever I do a wedding, I always like to You'll forgive the play on words here. I always kind of like to corner the groom before God and everybody, all the family, all the people in attendance at the wedding. And I always like to talk with them about in Ephesians where Paul basically says three times, Husbands, love your wives. The first time, as Christ loved the church. The second time, as much as you love your own body. And you're to give of yourself for her. And love her even as much as you love yourself, and you love yourself. And then I I like to ask them, that's kind of a tall order, isn't it? Yeah. Pastor J.D., you didn't tell me you were going to do this during my wedding ceremony. We might have maybe had second thoughts about asking you to do our wedding ceremony, because I'm kind of on the spot here, because now i got a problem here. How am I going to love her that way? Well, here's the thing. You can't. How about that? You can't love her that way. Are you kidding me? You're going to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her? You can't. The only way you can love her that way is with the love that God gives you for her. That's the fruit of the spirit of love on the tree of our lives. That's the only way. And that's the only way that I can lovingly and gently restore people. It has to come that way. That is the only way. Absent the fruit of the Spirit, I cannot be loving. In and of myself, I possess no good thing in my flesh, Paul says. There dwelleth no good thing. I am rotten through and through, and so are you. So don't look at me like that. (laughs) What does Jeremiah tell us? That our hearts are deceitfully wicked. They're so deceitfully wicked, we can't even know how deceitfully wicked they are. They're beyond repair. There's no hope. The only hope is for God to regenerate from the inside out, and to make us more like Jesus Christ, who is love, who was gentle, who was kind, who was meek in his treatment of other people. But here's the problem. If I'm a legalist, if I'm a spiritual police then it's impossible for me to treat people in that way. And by the way, is that not how we're known? We talked about this last week and probably the week before. That's how we're going to be known, is by our love one for another. If that be true, and then isn't the opposite true? Then by how we treat one another, that's how we're known. By their fruits you shall know them. Listen to what Warren Wiersbe said. Nothing reveals the wickedness of legalism better than the way the legalists treat those who have sinned. I was thinking about this. I think it was Oswald Chambers that said it, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. Basically, here's the gist of it. If we only knew what someone was going through we would treat them better if we had any idea what that person is going through in their life we would be so much kinder to them if we had any idea if we just could walk in their shoes for just even one day maybe even one hour To experience what they're going through, we would treat them so differently, much more lovingly and certainly more gently. The second reason I believe that restoring hurting people is so rare today has to do with unbrokenness. Unbrokenness. Hear me out. Christians who are hard and harsh, they remain that way because they themselves have never been broken. They have never tasted from the cup of brokenness, they've never been on the receiving end of truly being broken. You know, in our day and age, we don't value broken things. We throw away broken things, right? But to God, brokenness is beautiful. Brokenness is valuable. I think of the Savior (laughs) breaking the bread before he blessed it. You always see that in the Scripture, by the way. The breaking always precedes the blessing. I think of... Jacob, who wrestled all night with the Lord. That was a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, known as a Christophany. That was the Lord himself that Jacob was wrestling with. And what does Jacob do? He, He demands a blessing, and the Lord says, I can't bless you till I break you. So what does he do? He touches his hip socket and breaks him. Now I can bless you. Blessing only comes from the brokenness. We don't see brokenness that way. It's those who do see brokenness that way. It's those who have been broken and humbled. (laughs) It brings about a much-needed humility. It's those that become gentle and loving. And in my own experience it's because I know of my own, and I'm speaking for myself here, just very candidly, if you don't mind. But I just know of my own propensity for sin and failure. And I would be disingenuous were I to stand before you today and say that I have not mistreated people in my unbrokenness. One of the most important lessons I'm, I'm learning in my walk with Jesus is that my harshness with people comes from the unbrokenness in myself. And it works both ways. My gentleness with people comes from the brokenness in myself. God has been faithful over the years to break me, And not to leave me there, but to restore me as only he can back to spiritual health. But what has resulted from that is that it's brought about humility, humility. And with that humility has come this softening, in in my case a much needed softening, because I didn't really have a soft heart towards people. And God through that brokenness had brought this softening to my heart and this gentleness and this love that only comes from Him to love His people and to restore people. God's in the restoration business. But here's the thing. (laughs) The blessing of restoration cannot come prior to the brokenness. It just doesn't work that way. One of the best teachings I've ever heard on brokenness was by Damian Kyle. He's the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Modesto, California, one of my favorite all-time Bible teachers. I just want to share real quickly a couple of excerpts from a teaching he titled, The Place of Brokenness in the Life of the Believer. He says this, God's continual breaking in our lives keeps us constantly aware of how much we need his grace on a daily basis and how lavish he is with his grace towards us. Brokenness brings a humility by which one can admit wrongdoing. When we're broken, we won't be harsh in our treatment of other people. And then he says this, and I have thought about this quite a bit over the years. Listen, he says, a man that I count as a dear friend who has served the Lord over 60 years. Listen, when someone has been walking with the Lord for over 60 years, you kind of want to listen to what they have to say, don't you? Well, listen to what he had to say. I think the greatest thing hindering revival in the church is the unwillingness to make things right in our personal relationships. Wow. All this talk of revival. We need to pray for revival. I like how one said it. Stand and draw a circle around where you're standing. And that's where it starts. That's where it starts. Personal revival. And revival cannot come restoration cannot come unless there's first a brokenness and a humility that comes when there's humility when there's brokenness watch what God can do maybe this is for somebody here today and we'll, we'll close maybe this is for somebody here today maybe a word for somebody But maybe you need to ask yourself, what would change in my marriage? What would change in my home? What would change in my life if I just humbled myself? I mean, think about it. What have you got to lose? Well, I'm going to close by posing two questions and I hope you know that whenever I close this way which is sometimes often I always ask myself the question as well and I ask the Lord to search my my own heart but here's the first question is my life more like a paramedic or is it more like a police in my marriage am I more like a police or am I more like a paramedic in my workplace, in my home, with my children, am I more like a police or am I more like a paramedic? Here's a second question, and this one you need to kind of think through because oftentimes God will bring difficulty and hardship and trials into our lives for that reason. He allows it in order to humble us and to break us. And trials oftentimes are the only thing that will do that. So now here's the question I want to ask. Is the handprint of God on that trial that's in your life in order that God might break and humble you? to make you more like him. Don't you find it interesting that this famous verse in Romans eight twenty eight that we just so love to quote, for we know that God works all things together for the good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Don't you find it interesting that verse 29 tells you what the purpose is? Oh, you know what his purpose is? Is to break us. In order to make us more like Jesus. That's his purpose. So, that situation in your life, oh, he'll bring good from it. It'll be for your good and his glory. Because in the end, he's going to make you more like Jesus. And what do we know to be true about Jesus? He was so humble, so gentle, so loving. I imagine him to be so humble and meek that children weren't intimidated by him. That's why the children were attracted to him. You remember the account when he had to rebuke the disciples who were like, Hey, kids, get out of here. What are you doing? And what is Jesus like? Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, No. Don't forbid the children for coming to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven made up as these. In order for that to have happened, you have to presuppose that Jesus was so inviting that children would flock to him. Children don't do that with me. (laughs) They look at me and they're like, you're the pastor? <laughs> uh, and they, they run the other direction. They don't run towards me. They run away, you know, from me. It's just my, my wife says, well, you really can't do much about it. You were born that way. So <laughs> you just kind of have that look. You just, you need to smile more. So I try to, you know, smile more. It doesn't help that much. and <laughs> But if I'm not smiling, I can look kind of mean. And so I don't imagine Jesus looking like that. I imagine him being so humble, so gentle that even little children were attracted to him. Maybe that's the reason that God has allowed what he's allowed into your life. He wants you to be gentle and be humble. And maybe he also wants you to seek restoration in that broken relationship that's in your life in as much as it lies upon you in as much as you're able you can only do so much I mean if the other person isn't willing at least you are willing maybe it's somebody that you need to forgive that has really hurt you and wronged you reminds me again of something that Oswald Chambers said He says, it's not have you been wronged, it's have you wronged. It's not have you been wronged, it's
0: have you wronged. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Galatians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask God to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. He will point you to the passages that he knows you need to read. You can also hear additional messages from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website, in inspiritandtruthradio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available any time. We've created a mobile app as well for Apple and Android devices, so you'll be able to take Pastor JD's teachings with you on the go. We'd also like to tell you more about the Mid East Prophecy Update tab on our website. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're all eagerly anticipating His return to Earth. We believe it's coming soon, and that many events happening around the world right now are fulfilling the prophecies of the end times detailed in the Bible. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes a look at these events and what God's Word has to say about them and shares that information with us in the Mideast Prophecy Update. The purpose of these updates aren't to scare us, but to remind us how important it is that everyone know the redeeming hope of Jesus. These updates are new every week, so visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to access the latest installments that's all we have for today, but be sure to join us next time on in spirit and truth for more from the book of Galatians.